Welcome to episode 22 of the Swinford Chats podcast with myself, Cahill Kelly. And myself, Tommy Stenson, in association with the Gateway Hotel here in Swinford. Uh, Tommy, how are you keeping? Good, Cahill. A really positive week, I think, with the uh, reopening. And uh, I'm sure you're happy to be one week closer to getting people in the door. Absolutely, yeah. Working hard now, Tommy. Some of the team came back now last week and this week and even more coming back next week. And in, in two weeks' time, we should nearly have the full team, please God, back. Yeah, it's great to see bookings coming in, Tommy. I mean, I must say, I, I'm getting the buzz after every every single, whether it be one night, two nights, three nights, you know. Mm. It's great. And uh, it's great to see people are looking forward to coming back to Swinford and we're looking forward to, to welcoming them back. Yeah, so look, it's positive. And I think that's very much going to be matched in tonight's, uh, this evening show. Uh, with the, We're going to have chats with... Uh, I know some some local uh, with Father Derby Meehan, uh, with Billy McNicholas and with Tom Lavin, and it's all very a positive note we're going to be talking to them about. You know, there's a big, I'm sure you've noticed yourself, Tommy, out and about in your own line of work, that mm-hmm. there's, there's just an air of positivity. People are getting vaccinated and uh, everything is moving forward. I think we're one step closer and there there is real hope this time. I know at Christmas we talked about it, you know, and then we were in another lockdown. But I think there's a real, you know, feeling that we won't go back into another lockdown and uh, hopefully we can enjoy the summer. And, you know, we've seen great videos this week of uh, grandparents and grandchildren meeting each other and being able to hug again, which is just really, really nice. And uh, looking forward to getting back to a little bit of normality. Absolutely, and I think there it's all those things. It's the small thing. It's the, the meeting up, grabbing a coffee, grabbing a pint, grabbing a chat, just with family, friends, whoever. You know, and not everyone kind of paranoia running for your car or mm-hmm. hiding behind a mask. But I think, I think the, as you said, we spoke about it at Christmas. But this time, I think the vaccinations are, are the game changer. Yeah, exactly. I think they're they're rolling out. I don't think I, sh- I shouldn't be too loud myself now, Tommy. I think in a couple of weeks' time now, now you'll be well down the list. You mightn't get back see a needle at all this year now, but I mean, something like myself now, I, I think I'm in the, the next cohort coming up. So even though I'm still only a young fella now, but it's, yeah. it's, I, I'll have my injection hopefully in a couple of weeks. Good job, so, I didn't. I was, go- sorry, I, my first question was, did you get it yet? Thankfully, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, Thankfully, no, I didn't ask that. that. No, they're, they're in the, doing the people in their 50s, Tommy, so I'm still a bit to go, yes. Still have a bit to go, you know. Mm. Although I was, I was telling you earlier on, I was, I was asked today by someone if I got it, so I didn't know. But uh, that's why I went and got the haircut then, so I got rid of all the grey hairs. You see, you yeah, do so, look, uh, yeah, I, yeah. That's why I didn't yeah. ask it, Carl, because I looked at you <laughs> and I thought, well, last week he might have been in that age cohort, but this week, no, no, yeah, not no, at all. That's the, the, the bigger, it's great to see the, yeah, it's, it's just, it's mighty, mighty to walk around town and see the the businesses, the doors open and, yeah. you know, the just the, the flutter of people coming in and out and we're looking forward to looking forward to joining them and it's just as I said, it's mighty and it's uh we again we encourage everyone please to, to shop local when and mm-hmm. if you can because it's really so so important to us all. Uh to we're so grateful for everyone's support, but that support is is it's so very needed for us all to, to, to keep moving forward. Well, we're delighted to begin a new segment on the podcast as the country is reopening. We're going to focus on some of our local businesses. And this week, we're delighted to be joined by Tom Lavin from Lavin's in Swinford. Uh, Tom, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Tommy. I suppose a huge relief this week, Tom, because uh, you're allowed to reopen somewhat by appointments or or click and collect. Yes, indeed. It's been a a very uncertain uh, last 18 months, Tommy, really, since the, the COVID struck. Uh, the country and uh, but definitely since Christmas um, it's been a long five months you know there's 
such an air of uncertainty around the place and uh, people unsure about the future. But suddenly, uh, thankfully, with vaccines coming on stream uh, and with the reopening of businesses, uh, a little bit of light has been shone on the town and in the area and hopefully going forward, more will open. I suppose in a shop like like yourselves, people like to come in, they like to browse, they like to, to try something on and they, they couldn't do that with the lockdown. So it's quite difficult then to probably sell products. It, it was very difficult, Tommy. We've a, a very unique type of shop in that a lot of what we sell is necessity anyway. So during the lockdown, we were on call uh, basically 12 hours a day nearly. Uh, thankfully, Diana's uh, she's very apt at online stuff and doing Facebook work as well and it's it's brilliant to have um, that sort of service as part of the business and like every day we were trading behind closed doors because people needed necessity whether it was somebody going to hospital or an emergency in the house or unfortunately a funeral which was quite a few so um, people were uh, thankful of the service and uh, it was great to see the customers coming so it's um and I know one of the big things for you guys was that you launched a website during the pandemic, which is absolutely brilliant to see more businesses going online so you can ship right around the world, Tom. That's it. Yes. And it was always something that was on our minds to do as a website. And uh, definitely COVID uh, rushed it up and we got working. And thankfully, we're working with Kyle Quinn there in the enabled market. And Kyle is brilliant. And he helped us set up the website. And uh, it's really broadened our customer base. We can see just even just there now before I came online, there's an order of Mayo stuff going to Galway. So like it's um, there's Mayo people all over the place, thankfully. Right. It's good to get some proper gear up into Galway, Tom, wouldn't it? Definitely, yeah, yeah. Show the true colours. Yeah. And I know, Tom, I'm sure, and I know from meeting you this week, uh, you know, online and it's great and all that, but... Uh, you can't be interacting with, with people, isn't that right? And I know I could see it in you when I met you this week, that to have those doors open and to be putting the gear back outside the door. You know, it's a it's a it's a picture of Market Street as always Lavin's with the with the the clothes hanging up outside the shop. You know, that that was great to see this week. And it must have been a real buzz this week or to, to get going again. It is and there's a great um great feeling of goodwill around the town as well, like people popping their head in, great to see you open again. Uh, to see the old customers coming back and really, uh, as you said at the start of the interview, our shop is quite unique and it's more than a selling experience to come into our shop. I hope that there's always a conversation. There's always a bit of banter going on. Uh, there's always a welcome for everybody, whether you buy or whether you don't. We love to see people coming and there's always a temptation that they'll buy something. So it's um, it's great to see it and there's great goodwill out there and more will follow. Your own dad, Jim, who uh, many of our listeners will be familiar with there, who who opened the shop. It must be delighted to, to to have people coming back in and out again. Yeah, like that was one thing he said during the lockdown was how lonely the street became and how lonely the town became. We say from four or five o'clock in the evening, uh, the town just disappeared. And like one of his focal points always, when he, he always went to our hall door, was Mellet's pub would always be open. And suddenly that was just closed. And there's no movement on the street at all. And it's uh, he, he's, he sees the life coming back on the street again. And he's looking forward to it, thankfully. I think now more than ever, people need to continue to shop local. And, and there is that need after the pandemic because uh, it is tough on, on smaller businesses. So people need to, to stay and spend in, in their local community, Tom. Yeah, definitely, Tommy. And we could see it even at Christmas time there. There was really a good local spend 
and people were conscious of shopping local. And I think one thing that the COVID has sort of taught us is that we realize what's on our doorstep, you know, as well as having lovely attractions, but we've great shops in our town and we've great businesses in our town, but we've also a great customer base around our town, a great hinterland of people. And they're very supportive of Swinford and hopefully that'll continue. I think what's uh, unique about Lavins, Tom, is I can go in and I can buy a pair of wellies. I can go in and I can buy some Mayo gear. I've went in and bought jeans. Uh, I've went in and got a voucher for my mother uh, and, and I could get a few blinds as well. So there's something for everyone. And I think that's what's unique about about a local shop as well. Yeah, th- that's it. And, and thankfully, we um, we're busy. You know, it's as I say, it is a unique shop, but we are busy and there's always something happening, whether it's a school uniform, whether it's a roller blind, or whether it's a Wellington. Um, we have it and we can sell it and uh, we're selling it. And Tom, tell me a little bit about the business, because I know it's been there for, for quite a while. Well, my mum and dad opened in 1960, um, March 1960. So this year we should have been, or last year we should have been celebrating the 70th anniversary. Unfortunately, COVID put paid to that. But um, the... the they're going from strength to strength. They, they met in Kennedy's in uh, Bridge Street years ago. My dad came from Ballymote to Swimford and he met my mom. She was a young girl working in that shop. And then they set up in 1960 in Market Street. And uh, it's a shop that sells general drapers. We're traditional. We sell a bit of everything. And uh, we're blessed with a great customer base and also great suppliers over the years. A great relationship with both. And um, in the latter years, then, when my mom and dad started to retire, I married Diane. And myself and Diane took over the business and uh, brought a new sort of direction to the business. And uh, as I say, it's getting busier. We're busy all the time. And then the online presence has brought another vein of business to it as well. And that's busy. And there's a lot of work to that as well. It doesn't work itself, but um, just to keep it serviced and keep it updated and uh, it's the future, but we'll we'll hold on to the personal touch as well. That's mm-hmm. what we like to show us. It's a personal service at all times. I'm just after realizing there now that we we've missed out on another another party last year because I think the White House had a big celebration last year, and I think Mariner, she's we'll have to. I think we'll have to rewind this year altogether because we, we, we as Tom, I, I sit on a lot of committees with Tom and. We know how to to pick an anniversary date for the town top, or celebrate a good party top, don't we? So I think we'll have to rewind. We'll have to we'll have to either add a year out there, rewind a year, but we need these businesses to because I mean it's it's a fantastic milestone for the town that all these businesses to to to, to last. You know, it's, it's it's credit to the community and to the, the businesses themselves, the local community. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it's definitely. But and, and you know yourselves, Carl, that uh, as a family business. You have to work with it, but then you have to be blessed with, with good customer base. And we have to always recognize our customers. They're they're our lifeblood. They're the bread and butter that keep us going every day. And without that, we wouldn't have any business. So th- we'd have to be thankful for that. Absolutely. And Swinford, Swinford is always great for that. And I'm sure it will continue it is, yeah, to, be, it is. to be great for that. Well, Tom, uh, I think for this week, uh, we're talking about business, uh, but I know in a couple of weeks time, we're going to have yourself and and maybe Diane back on. Uh, We'll talk about a a, a little bit more and maybe some of your DJing days as well, but uh, uh, which I'm sure everyone will want to hear about. So uh, we're we're going to keep it to business this week. We'll we'll have to put a couple hours aside for that. I think so. I think so. (laughs) Will the PS law set? Well, Tom, (laughs) thanks for joining us. And uh, look, if if you haven't been into Lavins, make sure to 
to pop in and support all local businesses at this time. If you're listening to us abroad or somewhere around the country, remember you can always check out lavensofswinford.com for all of their products. A great website. So well done and continued success to yourself, Tom, to Diane, to Jim and all at Lavens of Swinford. Definitely. No, and I have to, you you mentioned having Diane on as well. I have to acknowledge her. She's a major part of the business. Mm. And uh, as regards for the disco or whatever it was when we met up, we clicked from the start and it's something that's uh, very unique. You know, I I think um, she's she's very special to me and to the business. And uh, I often say, but for her, we'd have no business maybe today as strong as it is today. So that's, you have to acknowledge these things as well. But uh, and we, we do have an odd tip as well. So that's that's natural. <laughs> you can't have one without the other. Exactly. Until the safe wouldn't sort out, Tom. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, Tom, thanks for joining us. And we'll catch up with you soon in another couple of weeks. And no problem. And you guys as well, I just want to acknowledge the podcast. It's been a great sort of source of information and uh, a bright light shining. Um, very professionally done. And I, I love the, the casual attitude of it as well. It's, it's very laid back. And fair play to both of you, like it's brilliant. Thanks, Tom. Keep up the good work. So as we've been saying, the team of this week's episode is very much reopening and we're absolutely delighted to be joined by our local parish priest here in Swinford, Father Dermot Meehan. Father Dermot, you're very welcome back to the the podcast. Thanks very much, Carl. It's good to be back. Yeah, so it's it's been a good positive week, uh, Father Dermot, hasn't it? You're back back, uh, allowed letting people back into the church. Yeah, we were um, under government regulations. We were allowed to reopen from last Monday. And um, they much the same setup as we had before the lockdown at Christmas. Um, bigger churches like Swinford can have pods of 50. So we have two pods in Swinford. Um, we'll have one, obviously, in Milik, and um, there'll be two in Midfield as well. So but it was wonderful after 136 days to welcome people back to Mass last Monday um, to see people in the seats. And um, also, you know, for myself particularly, to say something and to hear responses come back because that was one of the things I never got used to was uh, just uh, saying something and then trying to go in your own mind and think what well, how long do I leave now for people to respond at home but it's just wonderful to hear people um, and to see people back in church so it's been a great week thank God. Sure yeah it's just as great as it was to be able to offer that service online it, you, you, as you said there you can't beat that interaction that face-to-face yeah, well, I mean, it's what it's all about. I mean, it's it's about people gathering together for worship, and um, you know, if we, it's a very different situation where you know you're trying to imagine people um, who are watching online, but they're not actually present in the church building. It's a really strange thing. So it's wonderful to see people back in church again. I suppose as well, Father Dermot, uh, we've seen though too how uh, modern technology in the church has worked as well with, with the webcam and people from all over the world has, has tuned in to the masses and, and maybe lots of the diaspora as well. So I suppose if anything, we've learned the importance of having that technology in a church and in all buildings. Yeah, well, very much so, Tommy. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it has been... Um, tremendous the response from people to say right across the world. Um, this was, you know, we've had the, the camera in the church for about five years, perhaps a bit more. Um, but you, you, you know, I had seen its value before this in terms of particularly family weddings and funerals where people couldn't travel, um, that they were able to join in and be part of it, and um, you know, at least feel connected with something that was really important for their family, and um, when they couldn't be there physically. But it has been just a, a godsend, really, since. Um, uh, last March, 12 months, um, when we were um, not able to have people in church. 
but it, yeah, it, we, I think we need to make more use of it um, because it has become, um, people are so used to using it as well of all age groups, which is lovely to see as well. It's lovely to hear older people saying, well, you know, my granddaughter, my grandson set it up for me so that I can watch it on the tablet or whatever. So it has been great that way. I suppose as well, uh, the last couple of months has seen people come together and there's huge involvement with, with the church community as well in terms of volunteers needed to to be stewards or to sanitise. So lots of people have helped out in the parish as well. Very much so, Tommy. We literally couldn't keep the churches open without our volunteers. And we're deeply grateful to all those who have volunteered to help you say, with stewarding, but particularly with the cleaning, because that's such a key to keeping the churches open. And um, you know, delighted this week, the, the people that have been volunteering before all back in and uh, doing their, their piece each day during the week. And um, because after each mass, the church has to be sanitized. That's the, the rule. And um, so we're very, very grateful for people who do that work for us. Um, and also just to say, um, you know, we this will probably go on for quite a while. So if there's anybody who feels that they can commit, doesn't have to be every week, but if they can just help out even occasionally, just to let us know, um, because it would be good to have a, a rotor volunteers so that um, you know it's spread out a little bit more and people, you know, um, particularly coming into summer, who might be away for a little while, there'd be somebody to take their place. So the religious uh, services schedule at the moment, uh, Father Dermot is daily mass in, in Swinford every day, is that right? Yeah, and then on the weekends, then we'll have mass in and, uh, Swinford on Saturday evening for the Vigil Mass. Um, then at nine o'clock in Mealyk on Sunday morning, in at half past ten in Midfield, and back in Swinford then at twelve noon. Very good. So, so I'm sure everyone will be delighted to be to be able to to, to get back involved in there. Yeah. Well, obviously, I suppose the other thing just to say is that you know, um, with the social distancing measures, that the you know that the number is fairly limited, um, but thankfully we didn't have much difficulty with that before Christmas. But just to say that, particularly maybe people who have come in for an anniversary mass for a family member, just to say maybe to come in good time. And um, because once we reach capacity, we can't allow anybody else in. We just have to be careful on that. I, say, I hope I'm dealing with that same problem, Father Dermot. <laughs> I hope so too, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope I hope you get as many volunteers to, to help you out as well as well, Carl. <laughs> I was just going to say though, Father Dermot, I suppose it's it's um it's important too that the numbers have increased for the likes of funerals and weddings, and that's kind of a relief to yourselves and also to families as well. Oh gosh, very much so for families, Tommy. I mean, I think that it was one of the most difficult parts of lockdown was particularly for funerals. Ten people um, is very very small amount of people to be able to gather for the funeral of somebody um, who might have a much much bigger family and bigger family circle so it's it's great that that has been raised to 50. Um, I know there's a bit of an anomaly in the weddings that's the only difficulty you can have 50 in church for weddings but you can only have at the moment six at a reception afterwards um, so anyway that's changing I think again in a few weeks to 50 but it's it's um, or 25 there's a, there's a change happens of it, but but it's it's the funerals particularly. Um, it was one of the more difficult measures of lockdown. Mm. And how have you been keeping yourself, Father Dermot, the last few months? Uh... It has been. I, I must say, it has been a strange few months, to be honest, Carl. It, it, it has felt, well, in some ways, it has seemed very long since Christmas, and yet time has flown. But it was, um, I suppose, the very fact that we were, you know, in the darkest part of the year, weather-wise and and light-wise, um, <clears throat> you know, it has seemed. It seemed very, it was much more difficult, I think, than 
the first lockdown last March when the days were getting brighter and um, to be actually, you know, starting in the end of December, January, when weather's at its worst and the days are at their shortest. Um, it was, I think, just a difficult time for a lot of people. Um, but I would have found it um, um, personally um, a little bit more difficult than the, the, the earlier one and the, the long one, the early part of last year. And I know we want to just take the opportunity this time on behalf of the podcast and all our listeners to pass on our condolences on the passing of your much beloved colleague in the in the parish, uh, Canon Michael Joyce. I'm sure we'll we'll have the opportunity, please God, soon to celebrate Canon Joyce as a community, as as we would have. But uh, our condolences, and and I know he was a big loss to you during this lockdown. Yeah, thanks very much, Carl. And it was you know I've known I knew Michael for 48 years. And since I started out as a first year in, in St. Nathan's and Ballotrain, and um, he was a terrific teacher, and I have to say that. And also, you know, always throughout my time in Maynooth and, and since he was ordained, um, you know, a great source of encouragement. He was that sort of person, as you know. And, um, you know, it was um, a huge loss for, uh, you know, for his family, but I've also felt it as well um, because, you know, he was a wonderful sport to me here, particularly in the last few years when I was here in Maynooth. Uh, true gentleman and as I said I, we, we hope to I'm sure we'll the, the community and parish will, will celebrate Canon Michael in, in, in the true sense hopefully soon when there are a few more few more restrictions are lifted I'm sure yeah he's got yeah, yeah I was just nice. thinking you know the Mayo the Mayo journey to the All-Ireland got us through the last lockdown and Mayo are back again this Sunday and he was a he was a real Mayo supporter there was no one could <laughs> no one could very much that. so very much so and and um you know, would, would be certainly keen to, to follow matches and particularly when they to get to Crow Park. That was, uh, he, he always enjoyed that. Uh, even though it might be, the result might be what he'd hoped for, but he just enjoyed the whole occasion and all that went with it as well. He did indeed. Well, Father Dermot, we wish you every success with the reopening of the church services and uh, thank you again on, on behalf of us all for everything you're doing throughout the community. And thanks to, to yourself and Tommy as well for inviting me back. And best of luck to yourself as well, Carl, as you open up. But also, thanks maybe just much. finally, if I can just say thanks to the community for their support as well um, over the weeks of lockdown. I mean, it has been tremendous. I mean, so many people have, have been so thoughtful and so kind in so many ways. I'm very, very grateful for that. Now, once again, as we've been saying, the, the theme of this week's episode is very much around the reopening of society that's happening at the moment. So we're absolutely delighted to be welcomed by local Swinford GA man, Billy McNicholas. I'm sure Billy will need no introduction to, to most of our listeners. But Billy, if you just want to maybe just uh, tell, our, tell our listeners uh, who you are and where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, first and foremost, Carl and, and, and Tommy, to both of you, I want, I want to thank you for inviting me on tonight's uh, podcast um i must admit i've been listening in over the, the, the last number of months and i've been superb really superb real connection with uh, with the home with the home the home place and 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 the world so so well done well done to the great work you're doing the both of you guys so anyway okay introduction uh, my name is billy mcnicholas i'm a i'm a, a milik man um uh gm and i suppose uh i suppose i've been known for that but um yeah uh from milik with the school in milik uh, played played on, on my football and life with, with the club here in Swinford and enjoyed every minute of it. I actually played till I was fifty, believe it or not. But I enjoyed it all. Enjoyed every minute. That of wasn't that wasn't too long ago, Billy, was it? No, that was only that was only last year. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
But I think the current manager of Paddy Brandy wants me to make another comeback. So I might, yeah. I might, you never know. With the vaccination inside you, you'll be well able to play. No bother at all. It'll help me <laughs> speed me up a little bit. I'm never the fastest. Like, you know, so it'll speed me up a little bit. The career is very much based around football. You're the current uh, uh, Mayo GA development officer. Is that, is, am I giving you the correct title there? Yeah. Well, my, my correct, correct title uh, is Games Development Manager. Games <laughs> Development Manager. My apologies. So, my yeah, no, listen, um, not at all. No, no, not at all. No, listen, um, Tony, um, a guy by the name of Liam O'Neill came to the club here in 1985. He was the Mio senior manager at the time and a uh, super coach. And just the way he kind of coached the team at that time, it really interested me. It was completely different than, than anything I'd seen before. And that kind of ignited uh, the coaching uh, element in me as such. So after every session, I'd go home and I'd write everything down. And I was kind of just enjoyed enjoyed the sessions, enjoyed watching them in action, partaking in it, obviously, as well. So then I was involved in the club, like I'd be involved on the Trinidad coach as well myself, or manager at that time, you know, the manager as well. So I'd be implementing a lot of that stuff. And I got a great interest from it, you know. And uh, so I decided to do the courses then from there and try and improve what I was at. And somewhere along the line, I must have been noticed by the county because they got me involved in with the, with the academy squads back in the, it was back in the 90s now. And um, then these development jobs then began to, began to show up through Connor GA. So I applied and I managed to get one back it was back again in the nineties. So I was a development officer then just traveling the width and breadth of the of the county. There's only two of us at the time, Eugene Lavin and myself. So we'd, we'd be coaching in schools and uh, private schools and post-primary schools. I uh, was doing club work in the evenings, academy squads, the type of camps during the summer, all that kind of stuff. So but it was very interesting, kind of interesting work and enjoyable work. You met an awful lot of people in it. And uh, but what I used to enjoy was, was the children and dealing with the children and working with them and the whole lot. It was funny. Uh, a number of years ago, we all were playing in New York, and uh, I, I was sent over by Connacht because I, I work full time for Connacht currently. Uh, I was sent over to New York to do a do a workshop in Rocklands for, for New York GA. So I was working away on that on Friday night over there. And I obviously took pictures, put up on social media. So that night I was in I was in a bar in, in downtown Manhattan late that night, and I got a tap on the shoulder. And this fellow looking at me, Billy, he said, I knew you'd be in this bar. I don't know how he knew it, but anyway, he had seen it on social media. He was on the side of New York, and he came across to see me. I hadn't seen him in 20 years. I didn't know what I was talking about, what he told me, but he was a guy that I dealt with at Academy of on the 16 level, and he seeked me out, which I thought was just wonderful. So we had a great night and a great bit of fun, you know. So he made great friends, uh, great connections, and just an enjoyable time, you know. She's been but anyway, like, uh, so, so I was just going to what? say trips yes. to New York. It's it's kind of sounds like my, my job. Those tough those tough no, parts very, of the job, like but, they have to, yeah. but they have yeah. to be done. They oh. have to be done. <laughs> tough part. We got to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> sure. It's got to be done. Yeah, we got to do it. You know? Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Like, so yeah, so um, that was kind of development officer work, and then these game promotion officer, which was kind of promoted, that came in, and I, I got involved in that. And then um, in two thousand and six, in the it was the first ever um, games manager role. Were, were advertised in each of the counties. It's a new, a new, um, a new role out by by Co Park and Coaching Ireland. So I've done a lot of training with Coaching Ireland and tutoring and that kind of stuff. So I applied first. Uh, there was a lot of application. I was lucky to get it. So so uh, since 2006, I know the games development manager of the OGA. So I oversee all coaching and games development in the county. Uh, I have a team of, of six full time coaches that work with me all the time. Great, great people, great lads. And uh, there'd be about 36 in academy coaches. And then when we get to the famous cool camps, 
uh, I'd have a staff there of about 230 then that, that works in during the during the during the crew campaign. So it's quite busy, quite busy and quite varied, absolutely. You know? but uh, absolutely. My heart always lies in my local club. That's where my heart always lies. I don't doubt that. And I know I was when I was chatting earlier on today prior to the to this interview, we were saying we will we'll have a, a proper night some night when we'll we'll be chatting about the yeah. I told you about my slip up about saying the Swinford one in eighty three, but Jerry Rowley, uh, Jerry Rowley, <laughs> yeah. uh, corrected me on that yeah. one. But, uh, but we will, we will have, uh, we will have a a podcast uh, yeah. on the, the eighty seven and the, the wins of the nineties, etc. You know. Yeah, brilliant. But, uh, yeah, you, you, you mentioned yeah, Liam O'Neill there earlier on, yeah. Billy, and yeah. I know, I know from, from I suppose bits I remember from the dinner dances over the years, the bits I remember that Liam O'Neill, yes. I've often heard yeah. like that he was ahead of his time, wasn't he for? For oh, very, the 80s, very, yeah. very much so. Oh, very much so. Like, you know, very much so. And, um, I, I think, I think, he, I think he ended up in San Diego actually. And uh, but then I meet him. Um, oh, probably ten years ago now. It was uh, kind of again with, with Sport Ireland. He was actually working at the development office in San Diego, and um, there were all the American GA kind of development offices were brought back to to Ireland and were in co-part together. And my first time seeing him uh, since back then, you know, and uh, geez, we were together for a week and we just a brilliant time, you know, a brilliant time. And we're reminiscing about oh, the, the crack we had and the fun we had. But he was just, he was really outstanding. And, and I've said that to anybody that had listened to me, he was really ahead of his time at that time, you know, as a coach and as an innovator on, on the field and how he compared himself and how he compared his teams, you know. And also a great player, great player for us as well in the club at that time as well, you know, really great player. Right, you know, right. so uh, he was he was a big part of that victory in '87. You know, just managed by John Moore and and, and um, Johnny Duffy and, and Kevin Fahey. You know, and, and but he was kind of the coach of the record. It was great. It was great. Great times. You know, great times. Indeed. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. I know Bill, uh, Billy. I know like no more than everybody else. Covid obviously hit yeah. hit hard. All the things that you were allowed to and not allowed to. But yeah. you're back up and running out the last yeah. couple of weeks. Isn't that right? You've uh, it's great to see all the well, underage yeah, underage teams out training again. Yeah, it, it certainly is. It's a, yeah, like like everybody, COVID came and it just kind of destroyed the world, basically. Right, our our work is based around meeting people. Among yourself in in, in the hospitality business, that you're in calls about meeting people, working with people, uh, training them, um, coach the coaches, all that kind of stuff, and that's all face to face, right? So that stopped overnight. That stopped. So we had to really reinvent ourselves, which we did. So we went totally online. And I'm taking the call here in my office here at the house. I have a cabinet at the back of the house. And that's, that was my, this is my, where all the OGA coaching and games ran from the last year. So we did everything online. We did online training courses. We're still now online coaching programs. Those that really invent ourselves. But listen, it feels so good to be back in the pitches again and seeing the children and the coaches back in the pitches again. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Everybody needs it, you know. Uh, I know last year during the different phases of lockdown, um, these cool camps are, are a big, big, the biggest program we actually run. Uh, we'd have normally about 7,000 children in about five weeks. You know, it's just a huge that's, program in Mayo. That's incredible. And um, it was, will it go, will they go ahead? Won't they go ahead? And three weeks prior, prior to when we got the green light, they gave us the green light. Listen, we've got the green light for the camps to go. Three weeks, we've got three weeks to get ready for it, right? And I, I, I certainly feel, and an awful lot of people felt that them camps that did go ahead, it kind of helped and gave people a bit of courage. Look at the primary school sector, you know, this, listen, the GA are running these camps, children are congregating, there's no issues, no problem. We had only one COVID case actually on the camps in the whole country, of the whole, which was, which was really good. 
with protocols in place to, to deal with all that. And I think it kind of restarted kind of the energy again of, of you know, getting primary schools back and all that kind of stuff again. But then, of course, Christmas came and bang, we're shut again, you know. What? Listen, I'm looking out here at a beautiful sunset. Skies are blue. I'll tell you, we're back in the pictures. That's great. That's brilliant. That's what we got to do. And, you know? and I know this week you were busy. The registrations opened again for the cool camps this week. And yeah, you were telling me the phone was happening. Yeah. yeah. It was happening. It was happening. Yeah, they, is Mayo yeah. is Mayo unusual across the country in its popularity? I know they're popular all over the country, but they yeah. really, they really, yeah. they define the Mayo summer now. Really, the cool camps, don't they? Like I know, they do. They do, I'd yeah. be right in saying like I know yeah. people. I know I have guests that bring their kids home to yeah. register yeah. from abroad for the for the cool camps. I know. I know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. In a normal year, I'd be getting calls from from all over the world. People come from America, Australia, Spain, Portugal, coming on holidays and bringing the children. They've heard about these camps. Too. They've really grown in popularity. Um, it's it's a thing that the GA kind of it kind of coincided with with uh, a group was becoming managers in zero six. There were camps there before, but there was, I won't I won't call them ad hoc, but they ran a bit differently. So there was a total revamp of how how it, how they ran. Um, different sponsors then came on board. Kellogg's then got involved, and. Um, a guy by the name of Charlie Harrison, ex Sligo footballer, he's the head of them, right? Okay, he's the, he's the chief. And uh, between him and ourselves, we put down a kind of a, a template and it took off, right? The popularity took off. They ran very well, very safe, very enjoyable. You get fantastic gear. Uh, they're very um, cost neutral, well, I won't call it cost neutral, but they're very, they're, they're, they're one of the uh, lesser charged or uh, expensive uh, camps on the market. And uh, they're very, very popular. They're both very, very popular. So we went live with the majority of them last, last uh, Monday morning. Where the clubs requested to, they were supposed to go live a month or six weeks ago, but the clubs requested that we don't go live. They want to get their players in the pitches, which we're, we, we work very close with the clubs. But from Monday morning, the phone never stopped hopping all day. And it's been that way all week. It's just been mad. But no, listen, we're... We're getting there. We're getting there. Indeed, you know? I'm. I'm so gonna. I'm gonna tell you, Billy. To um, I. I'm gonna pay for Cahill's place because Cahill really wants the school bag and the jersey from the cool camp. So look, I'll get that for Cahill if you could. If you could sort that for me. But you. You mentioned earlier, Billy. Uh, you know, meeting that that um. That, that Mayo from the under 16 development squad over in New York but there is that huge sense of community amongst the GEA and I suppose really friendships for life yeah it's, a, yeah, it's incredible Tom it's incredible um, again it was 2006 I, w- I was very lucky to be selected as, as the head coach of the Irish under 17 team Ryan Moyne was the, was the manager the DCU uh, professor you see him on TV mm. quite a bit now it's his family and that kind of stuff uh, so I, I was happened to be um, the one of his head coaches on that particular trip and we toured Australia, we played the Australian three games. So uh, with the calibre of the, the Michael Murphys uh, playing at that time with under 17, Pierre Stanley, Paddy Andrews from Dublin. And to this day, any time we meet, it was like the first thing we talked about was that trip in 06. Yeah. So yeah, the friendships are made and they're made forever, really. Uh, it's just uh, it's just incredible that kind of sense of, of home and belonging that GA brings and all that's great, you know. And I suppose so, e- even abroad as well, you know, people go away, but but their their connection with home is a GEA oh, club wherever it is around the world. Yeah, I, I remember the night before our, our final game, we were in uh, Perth, and um, we had um, the whole Irish squad and management were out with the Irish uh, community the, uh, for a meal the, the night before the game, and it was one of the best nights I've ever seen anywhere. It was just incredible. 
we were out there touring, you know, uh, really intent on, on doing well, but enjoying our trip, obviously. But they were loved the idea that they were sitting with us, talking about Ireland, talking about home. And it was just brilliant. It was just a great, great night. And um, we probably don't appreciate us being involved in GA here, what it means to our diaspora abroad. It's just fantastic, you know, in all fairness. And it's good. It's good, Tommy. And I'm sure you see it yourself when you're when you're dancing around the world as well, that reconnection with, with home with home in a way as well. Oh, exactly. And, and the GA clubs, particularly yeah. in the UK, I see it all the time yeah. when I do be over there and uh, there's some yeah. there's some fantastic clubs ar- oh. around the world. So it's great. I wouldn't know much, Billy. I've kept quiet. Yeah. I wouldn't know much about the football, but I let Cahill well, take over that. Them. We're educating them every week, Billy, bit by bit, you know. Well, I thought I knew a lot, but I make mistakes every week. <laughs> at it. But, but Billy, that, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, prior to the Ireland back in December, but uh, that Mayo yeah. GA identity, that Mayo, I mean, there's no, there's no county no, like us, is there? That, that, that's that brand no, we have. That no. is it the journey, Billy? Is it the, the I'm trying to say the, 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 the challenge, the, the prize at the end of it that we, you know, we've we've obviously been on this incredible journey, especially obviously since 1951, but especially since. Yeah. Like, I mean, Billy, I know you gave away your age yeah. around, but you remember the Baron years. You remember the, the decade when Mayo didn't oh. win a match nearly. You know, and now we're yeah, up and down to Crow yeah. Park. Yeah. We know yeah. the road to Crow Park better than, better than yeah. anyone. But what, what do you think that yeah. is? It's, it's just an incredible grow, isn't it, for the for those lads? It's, it's the effort they put in, isn't it? It's, you see, it's, it's, the real, uh, it's the real seal of identity of where you're from, right? Of where you're from. And it's, it seems to be very prevalent and very strong in Mayo, hugely strong in Mayo. Um, other counties, you know, the, and I, I, I'd be involved in other counties in my role as well, they've got in doing workshops with different things. They're very jealous of, of, of what Mayo have, this connection that the supporters and this team, this great team that we, that we have, you know, they're, they're very, very jealous of that. They're very jealous of, of this enthusiasm that our young players have for playing the game and, and being involved and wearing that Mayo jersey, wearing their club jersey first. You know, and and just I just give you a small instance that you, you talk about Mayo and Dublin in, in these all Ireland's like you know and, and we are probably the main team in the country that really pushed Dublin hard, right? In our in our primary school sector, and that's where your your future players come from, right? We have just short of fourteen thousand school going children, right, in the whole of the county, and it, and it's roughly a 50-50 spread of boys and girls, so seven thousand boys, right? Yeah, that's where your future player will come from. Oh, that's seven thousand, right? Dublin have one hundred ninety thousand in their in their primary school second, right? Nearly one hundred thousand boys, and we are matching them, right? With with seven thousand boys. So, and and it's it's that it's that sense of we're going to get there, right? And then and when we get knocked down, it seems to rise us more, right? We're going to get there. You talk to any and these your senior players. They've already dusted down and forgotten about that final. They're looking forward to this one, right? This year ahead, where we can improve to get there. And that's incredible. This resilience is just incredible. Absolutely incredible. And other counties don't have that. Yeah, their honesty and effort is is incredible, isn't it? To use that phrase, they truly do die with their boots on. And I mean, Billy, as you said, you've worked with a lot of these current lads and lads in the the past couple of decades that played for Mayo. Uh, And I always find it incredible when I see these lads interact in public. They are so humble. Yeah. They're so they're ambassadors. You couldn't yeah. you couldn't pay yeah. them enough as ambassadors. No, definitely, definitely, Carl. Well, see, there's just one simple line. 
great people make great players, right? And we're lucky that we have great people and great players in that group. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely fantastic. But all, all that journey begins in the clubs. It starts there. Sure. So we great clubs, sure. great people in yeah. our clubs, right? You know, and um, there's a great love of the game in our clubs, you know, and it's it's all it's all connected. The whole thing is connected, you know, right? And and we're very lucky, myself in, in, in my role and, and, and the staff, that we're kind of in the middle of that, you know, playing our little part, right, in it, right? you know, so, and the journey, you know, we're all together. We're all together. In it. But it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be involved. And of course, you, you you've seen the Swiffer Club develop over the last number of decades as well, Billy. Yeah. I mean, into and the facilities oh, yeah. that not only the GA has, but yeah. that are available in many clubs throughout the town. Oh. It's fantastic, isn't it? Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, listen, Carl, and, and and I'm not being biased when I say this. We have fantastic facilities in the Swinford area. All our clubs, fantastic facilities, beautiful walking tracks, walking areas. It's, it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Hey, and when this Greenway comes online. That'll be, the, that'll be the crown that'll be the crown that's here without a doubt you know? but it, it, it's really good oh, it's, it's super like you know and um, you know between between the ladies club and the men's club the ladies club soccer club there's so many clubs everybody participating it's a wonderful to see absolutely wonderful to see you know without a so, doubt you know yeah, so sure. looking forward now as, as everything reopens Billy it's just a busy 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 few months ahead for you with all these yeah. uh, organising your team to obviously organise yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there, there is, yeah, yeah. With the, the stuff coming off the steering meeting there and the uh, staff meeting Monday night. We have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of projects running. Uh, there are currently the lads from primary schools at, at the minute and finishing off TY programs in, in post primary schools as well. Um, a lot of planning now ahead of these camps coming. They're starting on the 5th of July. We've we also a number of online, these online foundation coach education courses. Tommy, we might get you on one, teach a bit about football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <we're>, yeah. <laughs> I look forward so, to that. Uh, we're kind of lining up, yeah, we're lining up the practice for them now. As well. So, a lot of projects, will be, yeah. A lot. That's, all, that's all that work, Billy, isn't it? That goes on behind the scenes that people don't see well, that has to be done. Yeah. But at the end product is all these training sessions that are going on, not just in Swinford, but around the county, around the country. But all those volunteers, oh, yeah. all those volunteers yeah, put in time. Correct. As you said, all that work yeah, you're doing yeah. behind the scenes, you know. It's... That's for sure. Well, listen, uh, for every course I give and any of the webinars that we run, I thank the the participants because they're, they're the volunteers on the club. They're the people on the ground, okay? They're the grassroots that make the GAA tick, right? Because I deal in GAA. These are the people that make it tick. They're the grassroots. And without the work they do on the ground, then the GA would be absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So they're 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 the real heroes here. You know, they're the real heroes. They're, they they start to work and get the, the five year and six and seven year olds out in the pitches, get them playing. Okay. Okay, we, we, we help them in their training and, and best practice as well as support. But they're the people that practically have to do with them. And and they're doing it. They're doing it very willingly uh, all, all, all over this country, all over this great country, which is which is great to see. And uh, I must admit our own club. Uh, under the, the stewardship of our board and our chairman, uh, uh, Vincent Ratney, one brilliant, great, great turnout of coaches, you know, fantastic numbers, you know, coming out there. So, well done, well done. The future is very bright to discover here, very bright, without a doubt, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was saying on last week's podcast, Billy, that I, I still hold on to the dream of uh, winning on Ireland with Mayo. When do you have to give up on that dream, yeah. or do you ever have to give up on it? No? Never. 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 <laughs> never. Oh, no, 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 you never give up on that one. You never, yeah. It's going to happen. I keep telling you, know, it's going to happen. 
I you had to stream, you know, with, 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 with five minutes to go, we're 10 points up and James Horan looks up at me and stand and goes, you're in, Kelly, you know. <laughs> you're in, Kelly, get in there. Wherever I could do the least damage, <laughs> Billy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Billy, listen, no, it's, oh, it's, it's, you, can, you can sense your enthusiasm and the, the love of the game and, and as I said, all that work that goes on behind the scenes that people see out in the pitches. It's an absolute credit to you and your team. And uh, thanks very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat to us tonight. It's great to see you back and running. And as we're looking forward to that chat about the, the, the Swinford uh, Intermediate yeah. final wins over the coming months. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll get a crew together. We'll, we have to do that one in person, I think, Billy, sitting around the, sitting around the table. Oh, maybe, definitely, yeah. We've got to be around the round table yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure, Carl. No, look, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. That's very good because uh, that was the beginning of the of the, of the really good times of this club and um, I know I have fantastic memories of the great great players that, that, that I played with there and the whole lot and great friends so yeah absolutely looking forward to that one but uh, no listen uh, once again uh, to both of you Kyle and Tommy thanks thanks so much for inviting me on tonight and I'm looking forward to the next one thank you very much really enjoyed that chat there with uh, Billy McNicholas and of course we Heard there about the passion and the grow for the GEA. And actually, if you're a GEA fan, actually, Cahal, I think you'll, uh, you'll enjoy this. Coming up on the IMAO TV show with Henry McGlade, um, myself and Henry travelled to Tralee a couple of months ago and we met with Paddy Prendergast uh, from, from the 1950 wow, All-Ireland. Um, so That's we have... He's actually the last surviving member of the 50-51 winning team, yeah. Tommy. I know, I know Dr. McLaughlin in... Casmelina was, I think, a sub on that team, but Paddy Prendergast is the last. So I think there's, I know a lot of us really hope that Mayo win in All Ireland uh, while uh, while Paddy Prendergast uh, is still amongst us. Yeah, and he, he he's hoping himself. But, but, he still has that kind of uh, hope. Uh, the hope lives on. But uh, we had a fantastic and still time. Still a fine man, I believe, Tommy. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was a pleasure to meet him. Do uh, you know what, Cahal? It was just really, really nice to meet him. Hear his stories. Hear the kind of camaraderie that he had for for his fellow players and. Uh, his huge passion for Mayo football still. So it's a really nice programme. We talk to Paddy and uh, we meet his wife, Irene. And uh, we also talk to uh, some of the listeners might know, uh, Dinny Long and Donny O'Sullivan, legends as well, footballers. Um, so that's coming up actually on IMAO TV Sky 191 in two weeks' time. So we might give it a mention down the line. But just uh, when we're talking about GEA and Mayo GEA, uh, I thought I might give that a little bit of a mention. All us GA nerds will will look into that, Tommy. Mm, mm, For sure, for sure. So that now brings us to the end of this week's episode. A busy one, Carl. Yeah, no, there was a real, as we said at the beginning, we were hoping that it would be have a positive vibe about it, and I think that really came true in all our in all our chats. And we we thank all our guests for coming on to join us. Uh, Joe, it's it's great. I suppose for a long time we we were talking about COVID and how long January was and lockdowns and all that. So it's just great to be to be changing the subject and. I, I, I hope our listeners will get that sense of sense of positivity coming through the coming through this week's podcast. Now, uh, Cahal, I suppose we spoke about GEA and you asked me another GEA question, and I'm happy to report that uh, I have the right answer. This well, I, I'm quite confident I have the right answer this week. So, Tommy, yeah, I asked you. So, I was saying that uh, in the papers the last few weeks there was a lot of. Uh, rec- uh, Articles uh, remembering Crossmanina's famous All Ireland Club win twenty years ago, and I said how they met Swinford on their way to the on the path to the to their All Ireland win that year. But what what stage of the competition did they beat Swinford? Well, I can tell you, Carl, that it was in the county semi final, 
and uh, I had assistance from there's you know there's lots of people from Cross Malina in Swinford but my own neighbour up the road from me uh, Teresa Costello is is from Cross Malina oh, and she, yeah yeah I, I, she she actually informed me I think that Paul was on the team and that she was supporting Cross Malina and he was on the Swinford team so a little bit right, of sorry, controversy sorry, there. Sorry. Our, our Scooby, as we would have known him then, I'm not sure if allowed come that now. But yeah, no, that was a great. I mean, that's I've been following uh, Swinford Club GA for all my life. But that year to get to, uh, I remember we beat Casabar in the county quarterfinal in Casabar, and that was a massive, massive occasion to go over to Casabar and beat them. And then we played Cross Carolina down in Ballina in the in the county semi final. Great, which is with some players. Some players then. I know Swinford had won the intermediate. I'm afraid to say my years now because I can get them wrong. I think it was around 94. And then we won it on the 99. That's right, 99, because that's why we were in the, the senior the following year in 2000. And we had a great minor team that won the county final in the 97. And there was a lot of those lads on that team as well. But uh, it was a great day. You know, Cahill. We didn't, we didn't shame ourselves that day. We uh, we played well now, and we were delighted. And I know we went on, and a lot of us were in Crow Park as well the day Cross Line won it because it was great to see a, a Mayo team. You know, Carl, though, one of the great things. for for a man that's getting the vaccine fairly soon, you you have a great memory. Ah, sure, it's not too bad. I remember the things I, I remember the, the, some of the things I, I forget a lot of things that I should remember, <laughs> and I remember a lot of things that I should have should have forgotten. You know, but, selective uh, no, memory, Carl. A big, a big shout out to a lot of to, to the Swinford lads, and and I know. We do look forward to over, the, I know, uh, definitely, I think the podcast where we uh, get people on to talk about old matches and old finals and all that always proved very popular. Mm. So I'm sure over as the podcast progresses, we will get lads on to, to chat about those those big days. But, um, yeah, so Tom, no, I, I was, I, you know, again, I'm a bit like last week. I'm going to have to admit being un, well, unprepared for, for this week's this week's question. I'll have to bring my history folder into the hotel, seeing that I'm, I'm here most of the time now. But uh, so I was, as the podcast was going on tonight, I was thinking, just what I ask him, what I ask him. So uh, I'm going to—I don't know if you know this, but up where my my own brother Douglas is practicing law now, where my where my father uh, had his practice up to a few years ago, and Dougie's in there now. But that actually used to be a hotel, Tommy. I don't okay. know if, you, if you knew that, mm. and actually on the football team, it was well known that the the the, the selection committee that picked the 1950 and 51 Mayo team, it was they were well known that they used to meet there to pick the team. Okay. So I was just wondering if you could let me know what the name of that hotel was. Well, I'll, I'm. Do you know what? Oh, that's an interesting yeah. fact. I'll check that out, Carl. Now. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that's one now that a lot of our listeners might will get in touch with you and yeah, and let you know what that one that was called. Yeah. So these things, just, as I said before, to come into my head as we're talking to me these questions. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm getting better. Like be I got the answer more, to this to one. Trying to be a bit more prepared. You know. You're busy, Carl. You're busy going to reopen now in the next couple of uh, weeks. So. We let you off. I'm good. I'm good at looking busy, Tommy. I'm good at looking busy. I have a lot of busy people here in the hotel, but I'm good at looking busy. You know, no, I know it's great. And as I said, no, I really enjoyed tonight's show now. And uh, the, the, hopefully the positivity just continues to grow. Exactly. And uh, as always, you can get in touch with us. You can find us on all social media platforms. And if you're listening to the podcast on a uh, platform for podcasts, then we'd love for you to like, share and subscribe. Don't forget that we uh, launched our youth competition for to host and produce an episode of the Swinford Chats podcast. Uh, The entries are now open and all the details can be found on our social media pages as well as our website. So check that out. We're really hoping that uh, the young people in our community are going to 
get involved in that. Uh, the entries are open now until uh, the 27th of May and then we'll announce the winners in early June and those podcasts will go out then in July. So we're really looking forward to that and uh, we'd love for as many people to get in contact with us um, about that. So uh, from myself and Carl, do take care and we'll chat to you next Thursday. Thursday.